Hello, ladies. We would like to welcome you to our Goodness and Gracious podcast. It is our desire for this podcast to help women to grow and be strengthened by taking the Bible and laying out God's plan for our lives. Now, throw in some laundry. If you have kids at home, send them to their room. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink because it's time for just you and God. Oh, well, and I guess us. Now, let's dive right in. Welcome back to Goodness and Gracious, everyone. I'm Chrissy. I'm Renee. We're so excited to introduce to you our guests that we have been talking about. Help us make welcome Pastor Gary. Hello, everyone. And Deacon Tom. Hello. So these guys are also known as our husbands. Um, If you didn't know that, we talk an awful lot about them. So I'm thinking that you probably already feel like you know them. So guys... We have been walking through the fruit of the spirit, as you may know. I don't know if you listen. Tom probably doesn't listen. Gary um, does. Gary listens. <laughs> Every time. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, we have landed on long suffering for the month of May, and we are excited to get your take on this subject. Could be interesting. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be. <laughs> so, Renee, let's remind our listeners um, of our theme verse. All right, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So we gave a few definitions on long-suffering last podcast. Would one of you like to give your definition on long-suffering? I'll throw something out there. So I've I've been thinking about... uh, like the fruit of the spirit, as you guys have been discussing how, how it is all one fruit and it's kind of the dimensions of your Christ, Christian life. Long suffering is when you have love and gentleness and kindness and some of those things, um, those may relate to a shorter, something you have to put up with, but long suffering is that person who for years just really struggle with that. You, that you, that really drives you crazy. So the, the long suffering is kind of the aspect of the fruit of the spirit that is uh, doesn't go away. It's just not uh, a short thing. And then you you know some things you endure and you just keep on doing right. But this long suffering is uh, doing what's right over a you know an extended period of time and maybe no end in sight. Is it always that way? I think like that, one of the examples I gave last week was if you're going sixty mile an hour and someone pulled out in front of you, how would you respond? Would that be considered long suffering? So I think there's an aspect of long suffering on that, but. I, I I think the the extended version of it is again just something that is someone pulls out in front of you there there is a long suffering to <laughs> to, to not sin at that moment uh, but but I think in, in the extended definition of long suffering it would be a long term agitation uh, that you know that we have to put up with so we're called to be Christ like if something irritates us for a minute or if it irritates us for 20 years, we're called to be Christ-like. And I think that's kind of the difference between uh, long-suffering and some of the other fruits of the Spirit. Well, I think that going along with that, I think that there's um, a short-term long-suffering and there's a long-term mm-hmm. long-suffering. Sure. And short-term long-suffering would be that guy that pulls out in front of you. And you we just didn't want to talk about last well, time. I, don't, I still don't <laughs> want to talk about Bruno this time um, because I that's one of my, my hot-button issues. Um, but um, driving in general. <laughs> um, but in the last segment, we talked about how if we have to plead our case about being long suffering, we probably aren't suffering long at all. 
Um, would you agree with that? And has there been a time when you have pleaded your case of being long suffering, but deep down you knew that you were being the exact opposite? That I think that's a good indication. There's probably a problem when you have to defend yourself. Um, I think it's easy to deceive ourselves into thinking we're we're something we're not. And if you're trying to convince someone else that you're long suffering, there's probably a good chance that uh, you're you're not. And you know, I'm I'm sure I've done that trying to justify that I am when I really, you know, not. So I think it would run in cycles. I think that all of us have thought we were long suffering and sure. And honestly didn't realize it wasn't long suffering until it continued. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. we realized that it was long suffering and we weren't approaching it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree with that. So this question is for both of you guys. Okay. Do you think you have long suffering with all people, most people or just select people or none at all? <laughs> So I I would definitely answer that we're called to have long suffering with all people. Um, I think we all know that that it's a lot more of a challenge with some people, and I, I think with some people it's easy to be long suffering. I think there's individuals that, you know, mostly in life we get along, and there's those little things that, that we rub us wrong, and it's just it's not really that much of a challenge to be long suffering with them. And there are other people that it it really is a struggle to be long suffering with. We really you know that that person that for years has done the same thing that just drives you up the wall, that, that person, it's, it's more of a challenge to, to be what God calls us to be with that person. I think it's to be able to separate ourselves from them. Like just because they're doing something doesn't have to determine how I am, you know, and how I go about my life. But sometimes we let that hinder us from being productive for God. Um, because we think that because they're doing this, we can't be what we're supposed to be. We can dwell on things. I, I think, you know, we all have those things that irritate us, people that irritate us. But if you dwell on those, you're going to really struggle with being long-suffering. Yeah. It, it's just going to be your, your attitude is going to get out of whack. So, you know, some of the, the whole fruit of the Spirit is 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 our heart thing. But sometimes you Satan wants you to dwell on that thing that's irritating you, and then you become the opposite of long-suffering. So. I would think that there's many times that we – our long suffering that we do not have to. Would you agree with that? And like we've generated this and we, we keep dwelling on it, like you stated. But sure. the other party or whoever we're already moved on, is, they've moved on or they don't even know about it. So it's kind of a <laughs> how long are you going to sit and dwell on these mm, things? Yeah, I would definitely without agree with moving that. forward. Yeah, it's definitely. We previously discussed how some people are sometimes more long suffering with their family than they are with others. Gary, would you say that this is the case when dealing with all of your members or attendees? Uh, For instance, are your members or attendees more long-suffering with their own families when it comes to dealings with strife within the body? I think that's a little bit of a difficult question. I I think we tend to be more um, accepting of our family. If they have flaws, we tend to wax over them. But, But if you live with someone, you know, they can really get under your skin, you know, family members. So to... To, I guess to answer the question, I think um, long suffering with a someone you go to church with um, can almost be easier than someone that you're living in the same house with, just because you don't see them every day. You're not, you know, all their bad habits at home. But I think there's a little more grace sometimes with our immediate family than there is a, you know, we're going to overlook some of the the things they do that are wrong and not even let it bother us. Whereas maybe someone in church we wouldn't do that. So right, I think that. Uh, if if you guys have been talking about the fruit of the spirit and awesome subject, 
and if if it is a fruit of the spirit, and if it is really the Christian life, it's clear that Satan wants to take that away from us. And and as Tom pointed out, sometimes we can he the devil can get us obsessed with something and we just dwell on it, and dwell on it, and dwell on it. He's doing everything he can to take this away from us. Like Renee said last week, um, if you lose your long suffering, you also lose your peace and your joy and you know the other things that go along with it. So Satan's want to take that away from us. And and how many Christians really? live a lot of their life without, without this, this fruit of the spirit. Right. Can you give an example of when you had long suffering with someone? Either one of you can answer or both. Go ahead, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, as a pastor, there, ha- there have been people in the past who have just repeatedly done the same thing wrong. And that has, uh, you know that 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 requires long suffering, and sometimes you counsel with them, give them, you know, biblical counsel. And they walk right out the door, do the exact same thing, the opposite of what you tell them to. And when that's repeated over and over and over again, it there is that part of the flesh that just wants to say, "I'm done." You know, I, I don't I don't want to help them anymore. But we're called to be long suffering, and sometimes that's giving the same counsel ten times to, <laughs> you know, to to see if they you know will will turn from their ways. So yeah, there there are people who you know, test your long suffering for sure. And I think it's twofold. So not only are you being long suffering with them um, and giving them the same counsel over and over and over again, you're still loving, having to love them Mm -hmm. through that. So I think that's kind of twofold. So this is a loaded question, but answer truthfully. Uh, Both of you deal directly with the church members. Do you find that it is a different kind of long suffering when it comes to your wife versus dealing with the church members, I mean, do you view us as the same um, as every other church member, meaning your brothers and sisters in Christ, or is there a special element when it comes to us? I think there's definitely a different dynamic for sure. Um, We're called to be long suffering with all, with with everybody, but with our wives, uh, certainly it's a whole different dynamic. You know, I'm not the other members of the church. I'm not living with them day in and day out. I'm not seeing them when they get out of bed in the morning. I'm not, you know, dealing with them when they're, you know, all the stages of life. So there's definitely a, a totally different dynamic with your spouse. And I see every one of Renee's, you know, bad days, everything about her, I, I see it. So though I though I love her, it is a totally different. That I don't have to have that with the other members. Right. Uh, but with the other members, I. You know, also there's a special love I have for Renee that, you know, is this different than I have for all the other members. So I, I think there's two totally different dynamics going on there with, with the, the church members as opposed to our spouses. So I'd agree. I would say that uh, you honestly can't be as intimate with all the church members as you are, obviously, with your wife and, and just a lot of different ways. Um, you're not going to open up. There's things they're not going to know that your wife knows and. I don't see how you could possibly have that same level of long suffering. Along with the closeness, you know, in our marriages comes the revealing of all of our faults. You know, that, that that's what marriage is. Is right. I, I see faults about Renee that nobody else will ever know. And I have faults. So, so I <laughs> news to me. Um, <laughs> the the close, the closeness is a gift, but the the revealing of the faults is is you know that's part of marriage, and you're you're right. you're not going to be able to have that with other people in the church. So. There's been many times where I have not been long-suffering with Gary. Did I just say that? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> what? That's <laughs> shocking I to know. me. <laughs> well, like you guys, how do you differenti- differentiate? Yeah. 
he's pastor and he's also my husband. When you go home, is he still my pastor? Right. He's, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I don't know, just trying to figure it all out. I think that's only by the grace of God, too. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, so Gary is our pastor, but you guys are our best friends. And only God can work that out. Mm -hmm. Only God can make that relationship in each area be what it's supposed to be. So I think that's the same when it comes to husband and wife. But when Christ works on your heart with many different areas of your life, things begin to change. And I don't nitpick on some things that I used to because it's just not that important anymore. I don't let things bother me as much as, or even hold things against them for a long period of time. If I raise my voice or get upset and voice my opinion opinion harshly, you know, not Christian-like, it doesn't take long until I feel that little tap on the shoulder saying it's time to apologize when deep down I really don't want to. But yeah. um, but I know to be pleasing to Christ, it's all, I basically that's what I need to do. Hopefully it'll continue getting better and I can have more long suffering with him. Would you like to chime in on that? <laughs> <laughs> he hopes you have more long suffering with him as well. <laughs> so Renee has come such a long ways and, and she has made a drastic change in her life. I know she's been quite transparent on this podcast, but she's made a lot of changes. As a wife, she's made a lot of changes and how, how we deal with it. But so in marriage, for marriage to be long term, you have two options. There are new, no two people who live together that don't irritate each other. That's that's an impossibility. You there will always be those irritations. He's not going to pay attention. She's going to, you know, have her way. There's always just those differences in every marriage, and you can allow those. As Renee said, uh, you can just nitpick that person to death, trying to change them into something that they're never going to be, and it'll drive both of you crazy. And typically drives a wedge between you. And as Renee said, sometimes you just got to learn. You know, that's how he is, and you know. I, I love him. And and I think that's what me and Renee have both kind of come to is um, there are things even in Renee's past that, you know, I struggle with. And, but some things I just come to accept, you know, she's probably never going to change. I can let this drive me crazy or I can love her the way she is. And and same thing for me. Um, I've tried to change some things in my life to please Renee, but she knows there's some things I'll never change. I'll, I'll be that way till the day I die. Amen. And, she can love me or she can, she can let it, but a good marriage is accepting the other person and loving them anyway. Right. A bad marriage is I'm just going to keep nitpicking at him until he changes. And that's how I was for many, yeah, many years. And, and you see couples that are, there's see couples that have been married for years and it's, she's always just nagging at him. He's always putting her down. They're always criticizing each other and they're not accepting one another. They're not loving and long suffering towards each other. They're just wanting the other one to see it their way. And, and that makes a bad marriage. So, yeah. So we said it before, if someone has a ministry uh, that they are heading up or involved in and you don't like something that they are doing, so you're going to set them straight or at the very least give your opinion, this is not being long-suffering. You, as leadership of the church, have to deal with other members when they get in the flesh, but is your approach the same when it's one of us coming to you with an issue about what is going on. So if I have a problem, Tom, if Renee has a problem with something that's going on in a specific ministry in the church, do you handle us the same way as you would have handle any of the other members that come to you um, with a problem with one of the ministries that's going on in the church? Good question. So it is a struggle with, you know, if, you know, and Renee again has changed a lot, but if she finds something going on in church, she's not happy, but someone's doing something, whatever. She comes to me as her husband, also her pastor, and she's expecting me to 
see what she says and and take care of it. I have to discern is is that something displeasing to God or is that something that's just irritating Renee? And so, you know, the, the long suffering part of it, you know, if there's someone in the church that's doing something they shouldn't, I may be very aware of that. I may be trying to work with them the best I can. She may already be at the end of her rope and wants it fixed. <laughs> so, so, so you're at different stages. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so, well, I have to determine what does God want? What, what does, you know, I mean, I've had this conversation many times, you know, she's been upset with something and, and I'm trying to discern what does God want? And she just wants the problem fixed. And, and sometimes, but I also, to, to Renee's credit, I have to say that the, the, the pastor's heart that God gave me, he didn't necessarily give it to Renee. So I have that pastor's heart right. that, that, you know, wants everybody to, to do good. And, and sometimes she's just really irritated that, you know, someone's not doing what they're supposed to. And most of the time I agree with Renee. She's usually right. It's just that it's not always time to crack the whip, uh, you know, so. So our timing is off usually. <laughs> <laughs> so in my opinion, I think that you, you have to approach every person separately. I mean, we, you learn people. And yes, your wife is one of them and you're going to have to deal with her the way the best you know how, but every person of the congregation, Gary's going to have to, or myself, we're going to have to understand how they're going to react, what their you know urgency is and, and how they typically handle problems mm-hmm. to react to them anyhow. Mm-hmm. And I think Tom's exactly right. I think that as you know, you pastor the same people for a long, long period of time, you, you learn there are some people who in the congregation who may blow up and, and they think they have a, a, a critical uh, circumstance. And we know we've been down this road 10 times before and it's not that big a deal. And so we handle that differently than someone maybe who never gets upset and now they've got a problem. And so, so everyone, you kind of learn their, their personality, their way they react to things and, and you deal accordingly. Some people are, uh, are progressing spiritually. They are changing. Some people are progressing very slowly. So mm-hmm. you have to handle every one of those. And as you know, your people, you just kind of learn the, the, the correct way to handle each one. Same way with your kids. You know, if you have, if you have two or three kids, every kid is different, you know, and, yeah. and what you, how you deal with them is different. Rachel and Josh were totally yes. opposite in personality. And I could look at Rachel and it would just break her heart. I could beat Josh and he, <laughs> you know, it was just totally different personality. So, you know, I think the same thing with the members in the church. You'll be happy to know that I am learning things about myself. And in the last 17 years that we've been coming here, I have learned that I get up in arms about some things. And I've learned to, even though I may still get up in arms, I try to keep myself silent and pray about them before I bring them to the attention of people. So I I hope that you're glad to hear that. (laughs) Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In the first part of the series, we discussed how this vocation was not your vocation that you are earning a living with, but is actually what God himself has called you to do. Would you say that that is accurate? And would you say that most people have more long suffering with the people they work with in the vocation that they are earning a living in, as opposed to the people they are working alongside of for the cause of Christ? I would agree with that, that that vocation is, is, uh, is not necessarily your, um, what you do for a living, but on the subject of, uh, dealing with workplace, um, relationships as opposed to church relationships, I think one of the big things in church and and some of this comes with maturity, 
But I think the the problem with dealing with people in the church is, especially when you first in the church, people under the illusion that Christians will always do right. And you're not under that illusion at work. If, if I'm at work and the guys aren't doing right, I'm not under the illusion of, oh, I can't believe they did that. That's what sinners do. Right. But in the church, some people are under the illusion that Christians always do what's right. And when they don't, they're not very long-suffering because <laughs> I can't believe a Christian just did that. And that's where we learn that over time that Christians don't always do what's right and, and Christians are going to do what's wrong. And they're not always going to react as they should, you know. And so we have to um, be patient and long-suffering sometimes. To, but it's kind of fascinating, even with the message I preached this morning, kind of fascinating that over the years you do see change in people. And some of those changes took 10 years. Some of those changes took 15 years. Yep. But you see people that are changing. And if you would have tried to make them 10 years ago what they are today, it just it would have never worked. No matter how hard you crack down on them, they wouldn't have done it. You know, me and Renee have talked many times. It's a process. Renee's been through a process. She shared that on this podcast with you guys. She's been through, the Lord has put her through some trials that have changed who she is. Her character has changed. That would not have happened in, in a short period of time. It took a long period of time to make that happen. So uh, that that's how... That's how Christians get straightened up, but it, it's definitely different in the workplace. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not disappointed if someone at work cusses or mm-hmm. talks bad about women or, or whatever they do. I'm not disappointed, it, you know. And I can I can kind of blow it off. And if they're rude to me or mean, I don't really. But at church, you think, well, they, people don't do that. And I I think that when our eyes are open, to that it it kind of changes uh, our our perspective on Christians, you know. Yep. I would agree with that, but uh, on top of that, church is family, and we've already kind of decided that with family, we don't have the long suffering we should. Yeah. So, and you're right. They're not intimate with us at work. We're just have this work relationship and we really, unfortunately we don't care as much if they're disappointing us. I mean, in my opinion right. anyway. So whenever we've been working um, on youth camp the last few Saturdays and we're supposed to, before we even get started, we're supposed to pray and we're supposed to come up with the scripture, write the scripture down and hang it up for everyone to see something that pertains. And just working on this long suffering podcast, those are the scriptures that are coming to me more often because I, that's what we need. I think that's an element that's missing mm-hmm. um, in the whole thing. So I, I just love how God has worked with me on that. This is what we need to be relaying. I love the part in that verse, that, that whole verse is just awesome verse. I've always loved that verse, but it says walk worthy. And and that's always just, to me, that is saying, um, live up to what Christ is expecting out of you. Live up to the, to the standard of Christ. And and Christ has set a a standard in the fruit of the spirit. He set a very high standard. And, and so that long suffering is being long suffering like Christ. And, and Paul here is saying that we ought to, we ought to live up to our name. We call ourselves Christians. We ought to live up to that name. And that entails, all of the fruit of the spirit, and which is one of the big ones, is long suffering, putting up with things over a long period of time that are difficult. So we brought up the last time um, that it is so profound, and that it cannot be stressed enough that we cannot will ourselves to be long suffering, just like with all of the other fruit of the spirit. Would you agree with me that it is very painful to try to watch someone? try to will themselves to be any one of the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, we said that these are not separate because it does not say fruits of the Spirit, but rather fruit of the Spirit. So it is painful to watch someone attempt to be 
So it is painful to watch someone attempt to will themselves to be anything that Christ says we should be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, we, we cannot, these, these fruit of the spirit are supernatural gifts from God. And I think the Bible is pretty clear on that. And you can't, you can't force yourself to love somebody. You can't force yourself to be gentle and kind. You can't force yourself to be long suffering. It, it's not a outward. It's not an outward act. It's an inward heart. And only God can give you that. It, it is. And when we find ourselves short in that, as Christy has said, sometimes as Christians, we think, well, I'll just try harder. I'll put more effort into being long-suffering. No, you need to go to the Lord and say, I can't. I can't be long-suffering with this person. Will you help me? Right. And God can give you that that heart attitude because you're, we're never going to do this with, with willpower or trying harder. or It's, it's just not possible because these aren't, these aren't natural things. These are supernatural things. As a small rabbit trail, I think that when we get caught up in that, that's when it becomes frustrating. Um, God says that his commandments are not grievous to us. And I think that the only time they're grievous is when we're trying to do it ourselves. And that's where the confusion comes in. I, I would add to that. Um, I think maturity plays a big part into these, this fruit of the Spirit. So if, if there's a member of the congregation that is not long-suffering, I can, I, can go, I can chew them out. I can threaten them. I can, you know, we're going to remove, I can do anything I want to. But none of that is going to force them to be long-suffering maturity and getting closer to God will, will change those things. So in other words, you can't, you can't enforce the fruit of the spirit. It is a, it is a supernatural act of getting closer to God and him, him changing your life. And as we've kind of all said around the table, God has had to do that work in our lives, causing us to be more long suffering. And it's, it's not something you can force someone into or set a rule. You will be long suffering. You know, it, it's, it's something that comes from God. So Colossians three twelve through 13, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. One of the, um, last things that we discussed in the first podcast on long suffering was forgiveness. I believe that these things go hand in hand. Wouldn't you agree? Long suffering and forgiveness. One thing that stuck out to me was even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, this says nothing about Christ agreeing with everything that pertains to me. It just says he forgave me. So that is what I am to do. This is so hard to choke down when you know that you are right. Okay. So if I'm doing, I'm just like, Lord, I, I completely understand. I completely understand. But why, why do I have to do this? And then he like taps me on the shoulder and he's like, because I didn't agree with you, but I forgave you. And I don't agree with everything that you do today, but I still forgive you day in and day out. And this is what I expect you to be. And we shared some testimonies about, uh, long-suffering in the last segment. Would either of you like to share a testimony about when God was long-suffering with you or when you were forced to go to the next level of displaying long-suffering to someone else? I can certainly attest to God being long-suffering with me. I, um, I've struggled in my ministry as pastor. And, you know, as I look back now over the years, I mean, there were just things that I would get hung up on and, and just continue to repeat the same wrongdoing over and over and over again, just repeatedly. And I remember coming to the Lord and, you know, just in my mind and my humanness thinking he's just going to quit 
he's going to quit loving me. He's going to, you know, he's, he's worked so long with me. He's not going to do anymore, but he would continue to love me and continue to allow me to mess up and continue to, 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 to take me in a direction I needed to go. And so I can certainly attest to, you know, many, many times in my life, uh, it, it sticks out in my mind in my ministry of, of failures and continual repetition of the same thing, failing him and him just loving me and, and, and leading me until he got me where he needed to be. And, uh, that you know that's that's very precious to me that that God is long suffering and and as Chrissy said, I think what the 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 whole context here is, if we would if we would recognize how Christ forgave us, how He's long suffering us, how He treats us, um, it if we really realize that one of the words in there was humble, it would humble us and we would be that way towards others because what what Christ has forgiven me for and how He's been long suffering with me, I have no place to not be long suffering with somebody else or to not be forgiving to somebody else because of what he's done for me. So I have a similar story. I mean, there was a few years that, uh, as a deacon that, um, I felt I was actually doing something that, uh, I was asked to do and it, I just never got peace about it. And after a while, it kind of, we ended up fading it out and it, <laughs> I, I was never meant to be there. You know what I mean? I was never meant to do that. It wasn't for me. And, uh, you can just you can just have peace in something once it's over. You know what I mean. You don't get it when you're in it, but uh, once it's over, you do it. And you look at what it says here about uh, um, long suffering. It doesn't isolate it, right? It talks about humbleness of mind and and uh, meekness. Those it all has to come together to have that long suffering, in my opinion. So i I can remember a time when God was being very long suffering with Tom. This is Tom's testimony. I'm going to tell it. (laughs) Um, I remember when God started dealing with Tom on being an actual deacon of the the church, not inside of his deaconship, but um, before he was. Tom was not the same man that I had married and I had known my whole life when God started dealing with him on that. Um, So everything that he did, um, he seemed a little less unsure you know, and that was, that's how I knew that that was God dealing with him because Tom's the sure, most surest person I know. He's, you know, he, this is this and that is that. And it seemed like at that time in his life, and I don't, I can't even remember how long it was that God was dealing with him before Tom, you know, knew that this is what he needed to do. He needed to, you know, to be a deacon of the church. He needed, um, we needed to set in motion the things that needed to be done for that. And I think that once that happened, he went back to being the Tom that I that I used to know. But I, I think that's something that we can see in people is when when God is being long suffering and they're going for a long time, not doing what he wants them to do. You can see them him slowly molding and shaping and changing. They're just not the same people. Each and every day we need to examine our heart and ask, do you love like Jesus? Do you have compassion? Do I respect others? Do I have the fruit of the spirit? Or am I being selfish? Do I have tolerance? Do I have a hardness of heart? I read the other day that the first step of long suffering is to do nothing. What in the world? That's like totally opposite of what our flesh wants. (laughs) So many times we say something or react in a way we shouldn't have and we have regrets later. So it's best to do nothing. Basically think before we speak. When we feel things are welling up inside of us, what we need to do is stop and pray so we have no regrets. So I definitely need to remember that next time Gary says something or 
does something or maybe doesn't do something he's supposed to. <laughs> I need to do that on the daily. That is for sure. I think that's why we get in a lot of trouble is we don't stop and think yeah. or pray before. It's just, I know for me, it's just, I'm not a thinker. He's, you know, he'll think about it. it drives me crazy. I'm sure I drive him crazy because I don't think, but somebody makes me mad. I, I'm going to, I want to, you know, get right back quickly, yeah. you know, instead of just, okay, you know, I need to edge back. I need to stop. I need to pray get my wits in about me first and then <laughs> go about my way. And I think that as we, as we grow closer to him, as we learn more of him, as we mature is the word that I guess I'm looking for. Um, we, it pains us when we're not like him, you know, he shows us that we're not like him quicker and we're, mm-hmm. we're more apt to be like, Oh, I'm not being like him. And it, and it, and it hurts us that we're not being, cause we know that this is what he's commanded us to do as we're supposed to be as he is. And that's the part that hurts me not saying that I've attained because I haven't but I just love when he shows me and then I can feel I can feel that pain. Because I want to be what he wants me to be, no matter what. And it's sometimes a little painstaking. Yeah. (laughs) I think uh, I think that's really good about uh, doing nothing. Um, How many times something seems so huge, just you know, so, so huge of an offense towards us. And if we don't do anything and pray about it and calm down, it really is no big deal. But if we react, you know, say something, do something, or, you know, get mad or, or tell your husband to do something or whatever, it, it's a kind of a knee jerk reaction. And later on, we were going to realize that probably really wasn't warranted. So doing nothing gives you time to allow the Lord to, Soften your heart and, and move in the right direction. So, well, uh, most of the time when you have a fight in your marriage, you look back ten years. Okay, what was that about? We have no clue. It wasn't important. Right? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't very important. Wasn't important. So, if we would just stop and pray about everything before we say really what we want to say, it doesn't even have to take that many years. <laughs> no. I mean, I can I can be so worked up about something, and I and you feel like things are closing in, and then the next day. You're like, what was I even? Yeah. What was that? It wasn't even, that's not even that big of a deal. Yeah. And that's our humanness. I know our human. We oh, talked yeah. about this last week. Um, we like to think our hu- our humanness is more humane than someone else's humanness, <laughs> yeah. but that's not the case, you know? Well, if these, if the fruit of the spirit is supernatural, the attack of the enemy is also a supernatural. And, and he is very good at putting a magnifying glass on everything. He he can make everything look so huge, and he he plays in your mind and and and, and he and enlarges everything. And as Christy said, sometimes the next day you think, "Whoa, that really wasn't that big at all." Once you take the magnifying right. glass away, you think that isn't no big deal at all. Yep. But when it was there, it's like life can't go on until this is fixed. <laughs> and and so he's very good at making things bigger than they are. Unfortunately, isn't that isn't that so embarrassing to do that at how long how we've been you know. Tom and I haven't been in our walk with the Lord as long as you guys have, but even as long as we have been, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me that I do that. You know what I'm saying? Now I do that now. And, um, I don't want to be that, but that just, I think that's just a reminder that we are. And when I'm like that, I get so mad at myself. I know. Ask Gary, how many times do I say, (laughs) he's like, what's wrong with you? I'll be crying or whatever. Just real quiet. He's like, what? I'm I'm just mad at myself for, you know, this or this and this. Yep. But if I could say as her husband, that is such a blessing. Because I've, you know, me and Renee have been together for a long time, and I can remember a time when she could not be obedient and not feel bad about it at all. 
<laughs> she would she'd be very happy that she was had been disobedient. And now I, I often will see her sitting in her chair crying, and she's just simply, I disappointed God. I'm not what He wants me to be, and she's broken over it. And that that is such a huge blessing to me that you know her heart is to serve God. We all get in the flesh; we, we're going to. But when it breaks your heart, that shows you know that desire to be close to Him. And when you can do it and you don't feel bad, that that's 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 the huge problem. Do you guys have anything to add? We're going to be getting ready to sign off. Well, I feel yep. like I've. Hog this whole podcast, but it, it is a it <laughs> we, is something, we knew coming into it that we yeah, were long suffering because we yeah, knew, I knew coming you into would, it. So. It, <laughs> it is something very dear to my heart, but I, I would just like to emphasize for all that are listening uh, as we read the scripture, long suffering is not an option, it's not an optional add on. Um, there isn't, I, you know, I don't do all the other big ones, but I'm not long suffering. That is, that is a command, a clear command of God. And as we've spoke about it not being, um, it's not by trying harder, it's by the Lord enabling you to do it. So if we accept that it is sin and it is wrong to not do that and you're not doing that in your life, the problem is is you need to draw closer to God and that will enable you to be able to do those things. And in a lot of the things that these girls are, are talking about through the fruit of the Spirit, you're not going to accomplish by trying harder or you know, more willpower. It's, it's going to be submitting to the Lord and surrendering that I can't do this. And, and that's that's the maturing process growing closer to God, maturing, uh, that that's how you accomplish the fruit of the Spirit. And I think I think this has been really good. So. The the more that I learn, um, the, the closer that I get to him, especially doing these podcasts, um, I'm learning a lot of things about myself and, you know, growing spiritually, learning what he wants me to be. I'm learning so much about myself that I would like to publicly thank my husband for being as long suffering as he has been, you know, we'll be married 30 years in October and he's been very long suffering. I'm learning things about me. And then I'm looking and examining myself and thinking he's had to deal with this the last 30 years, you know, and it's, it's not right. And I just, you know, I'm thankful that he gave me a long suffering husband. If I could second that, um, Tom is a, is a deacon. He is, since we've been friends, he's one of the most uh, level-headed people I've ever met in all my life. And as a deacon, that's what you want. When we've had to deal with problems, as you know, as a pastor, deacon have to deal with problems. Um, no matter how big the problem is, Tom is level-headed. Let's think about this. Let's do what God wants. Let's you know, let's be long-suffering. Tom is not a knee-jerk reaction. We're just going to deal with it. It's always level-headed. And and as a pastor, that is a that is a tremendous gift to me. Uh, that that time is always long suffering and uh, and dealing with all the people in the church. So uh, until we did this podcast, I'm not sure he's still long suffering. <laughs> he's, he's like, okay, guys, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm, I've hit my limit. <laughs> no, but he's definitely an example. That's for sure. I guess that's about that's all I. If, have. if your husband's not going to say anymore, we're yep, good. Yep. <laughs> he's you know I ran out of words. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that's not right. Or just Gary used them all. <laughs> yeah, it's more like it. <laughs> I hogged it up. I know. <laughs> nope, I knew I, that would happen. Yep, that's okay. We we, we expected it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed having our husbands on here listening. Yes, and or, we like to thank them for joining yes, us. Yes, um, and we want to thank you for listening. And once again, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about mm-hmm. anything that we. Um, talk about we would be happy to walk through um, everything with you so next month we'll be tackling gentleness gentleness Mm. yep what does what does god have to say about that 
I think I'm not sure what our schedule is going to be because we I'm have camp sure. in there. So yep. we do have you just be patient with us yep, in the patient. month of June. Be long suffering with <laughs> exactly. us. Exactly. Please. <laughs> um, so, but we'll be sure to get two of them out for you to listen yes. to. So until next, next time, time. see ya. Bye. We thank you for joining us for our goodness and gracious podcast. We pray that this was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more information about our women's ministry we have to offer, or you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com women. We hope you will join us next time. And until then, we pray God blesses you with his goodness and gracious.